In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to In the Locker Room. It's Wolf Starks. Jacob is with us. Ninja Jacob. He's like the ninja master. He's dialing up here. We got it all going on. Oh, it was such a good game Saturday night, Max. You know, one of the things that really stood out to me again was the fact that the offensive line, which is what we were talking about earlier, they really stepped up. They got some things done. Yeah, there were some porous pass protections. One of the things that you talked about that I, I agree with you totally, guys weren't exactly sure who their wingman was. You know, there there's that situation where if you got the wall going where you're Rip or Liz, that sort of thing, you're not sure exactly who at, at times if they were passing the guy off who it was. Plus, you've got those second-level dogs coming with a twist, so you've got a linebacker hitting it from off, and he runs a twist game with a down defensive lineman. Very difficult. And if you're not identifying the mic or you have some sort of mix-up or non-communication with the back who's got to pick up the other guy because the line will always take the four bigs and the mic. So if you've got any sort of miscommunication, that can lead to some not-so-good consequences, shall we say. Yeah, and, and I and I have to say, Wolf, watching the film, you know, I'm not convinced they were pointing out the mic. <laughs> I'm convinced they were pointing out, like, weak side support. So I don't know if they're IDing for the back right, and getting confused or what, because, I mean, traditional rules – because I, I stopped and went through it. I did, I did not take that third quarter uh, reprieve. Um, like somebody. What? Did. What? Uh, what? Are you but, saying? <laughs> you saying I was napping? Were you? I'm just saying you might have had meat sweats. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it got in your eye, made you close it because you were trying to shield yourself from said sweat as you were detoxing yourself from from massive meatage. Uh, but but it just it, it like it just it didn't make sense to me. And maybe right. that and that's where I say maybe I need to have that conversation with the guys. Maybe I need to talk to Pat Meyer to understand the philosophy um, because that's where I felt like maybe if I'm seeing it through that lens that they're explaining it, I can understand it better. But from my experience and obviously from your experience, right, you have Raleigh Dodge. I have Russ Grimm principles in my head. And right. Russ, that was the first thing he hammered into us um, as rookies and also day one every year was, all right, the first thing we're going to do before I explain plays to you, before I explain your assignments, we are going to learn how to read defenses before we even get anywhere else. Like that is the base comprehension I need all of you to get. And that was we seriously went through every defensive front and alignment um, in regular and in sub, and we ID'd what the mic looks like, what does the, what does the secondary shell look like. And when I say shell, that's – two safeties, two corners, or who's taking the place of those individuals who have to be in coverage situations unless it's cover one or cover zero. And that's where it's all man, so you will get different looks. But that was always what we were hammered in. And so by naturally doing that, you figured out who the mic was. You learned how to count and get everything in place. So when I'm applying that, it doesn't equal out to me when I do it that way. But maybe there's a different way of doing it and I'm, I just don't know it yet. So that's why I don't want to be so hard on it. But I know I felt from my perception, and you obviously saw this as well, it could have been more solid for everybody to be on the same page. 
that makes sense. Absolutely. And here's, here's what's so funny. You don't know because the, the rules can vary a little bit. Normally you have a standard set of rules for whatever play. All right, say a pass pro. It's 60 protection, or 80. Yeah, yeah just whatever is. protection. Yeah. You got standard pickup rules for it, okay? And I remember in Cincinnati, we were on the backside away from the wall. So if we go wall left on the backside, Emmanuel King – was a big linebacker, big 250, 60-pounder for the Cincy Bengals, right? And so we were we're just adhering to our, our, our normal wall-left rules, and that put Emmanuel King on Walter Abercrombie, who was about 180 pounds. So Emmanuel King is killing Walter Abercrombie and getting to the quarterback. So Chuck comes over to Tunch, and I'm standing there with him, and he goes, what are you doing? He says, we can't let Emmanuel King – uh, one, we can't leave him one-on-one with Walt. And, Ch- and Tunch goes, well, that's the rules of the wall left. All right, we got Rip, we got Liz, we got wall protection here. King is not part of that. And he goes, well, you, he's killing Walter. And Tunch goes, well, then you got to change the rules or you got to change the protection. And Chuck says, well, just do it. <laughs> and he's all mad and frustrated. <laughs> and he walks off. Now, what do you do then, Max? I touch looks at me. I look at him, and I go, I ain't asking him. <laughs> He's all honked off. I'm not about to go, which is it? Do you change the rules or do you change the protection? You know what I mean? It's just one of those things that in the, in, in, in the emotions of what happens on the sidelines during a game, it can get a little convoluted. Yeah, exactly. But you know what you do, Wolf? You do what the head coach does. Right, you, you you go over there and you block Emmanuel King. You avoid every other responsibility. Say, no, see, but- <laughs> this is how it's done, Coach. You, and, and you but go, you can't do I that. Did what you told? <laughs> yeah, this old line coach is going to yell at you. I mean, you're you're going to be yelled at regardless. I would rather right. be yelled at by the position coach than the head coach because that's the guy who determines if I if I'm going to be on the team well, or if else I'm going to be packing my bag. You got now. You got a good point. That's a good point <laughs> yeah. right there. <laughs> But when you can imagine yield to the head man. But yeah, it, no, it's a pickle. It, yeah. it is. It is a gigantic pickle that you're in because it's like, okay, darned if I do, darned if I don't. Yeah. In this moment, right? This but is gonna like, hurt. I gotta, I gotta choose the lesser of two evils. They're both evil. They're both evil. But I gotta choose the lesser of those evils. Oh I was like, man! Do I want a bite out of my butt or do I want my butt sliced off? That, that there's a difference. There's levels to it. That, that that is true. That's a true word, my friend. But this offensive line, we saw run blocking wise, you know, they spent a lot of time working on double teams. I like what I saw on a lot of the double teams. There was not so many run throughs that were leakages exposing the backs of some, you know, high velocity hit that he doesn't see coming. They thought I I thought they went after the double teams with a tad touch of violence and and getting after it and removing people. So I, I liked what I saw initially. I like where they, they battled seemingly throughout the game. Guys were trying to finish blocks. Uh, I hope that continues because they got a lot more work to do, of course. Well, I, I will say this. Did you see did you see the jump and dump by Chooks Okorafor in the red zone going to the open end towards when, the Champions Club? When um, he slammed, he body slammed oh. the dude. Wasn't it on uh, a touchdown? It was on the Yeah, uh, it was on the touchdown yeah. play. Yeah, what a nice job right that corner. was. Oh. oh, my God. It was beautiful. I mean, it was WWE-esque. Like, Vince McMahon <laughs> might have recruited him off of that play alone because um, a dude jumped in the air, and you just saw this slight twerk with uh, with the right hip 
by Chooks Okorafor, and that dude went down shoulder and neck first. Didn't I you love like, it? Hey, that, that's exactly what you do. You, they jump, you dump. And he dumped him right on top of his neck. I thought it was beautiful. I thought there was a nice one by Dan Moore as well on one of the pass rush moves. The guy tried to disengage with his, with his near shoulder, and Dan just forced that right arm and just kind of triggered him. It was kind of an old push-pull and took uh, him yep. to the ground. But to get back to your double teams, I really liked um, – early on, I liked the adjustments that Pat Meyer did. The sideline adjustments that Pat Meyer did was great with having teachable tape because early on there was a, there was a double team where Kendrick Green went to, set, went to set him up and Dan Moore kind of stepped a little bit too far up and in and it almost made like a triangle point. And the defensive line was almost slipped through, but luckily Dan kept driving his feet. But then I saw the next double team, they, they, they got a little bit of what we call high leg with Dan Moore and low leg with Kendrick Green to mm-hmm. create the wall and go forward. So I saw that adjustment on the fly with him, and I thought that was a cool thing to see and to know that the coach on the sideline sees it, identifies it, and also corrects it on the sideline. So I thought that was a great game-time adjustment by Pat Meyer and by by Kendrick and Dan to adjust that movement on the same exact type of play. It was on double, and they did a great job of really working it in and getting the shoulder, near shoulders to each other and moving forward, creating the wall and then driving it. Excellent observation, my, my friend. I will tell you, I thought I agree with you what you're just saying there. What another thing that I saw, James Daniels. All right. We've been waiting for James. Been waiting and looking. Come on. You know, we big cheese coming out of Chicago. I know this guy can play. I've seen it. And we just kind of at training camp, it just hasn't quite been what we expected. But, boy, I saw in a couple of those runs, especially one, it was either Warren or it was McFarland ripping it up inside on an inside zone. Not only did he blow the guy off the line of scrimmage, but then he came down the field and he scraped the guy off the pile. With just, It was just a nice nice slobber knocker of a hit. Enjoyed watching that. And, and I, I remember thinking to myself, that's the James Daniels I want to see right there. That's the guy that we're hoping for. So that play was was a weak side inside zone to the left, and it was a cutback lane. And I agree with you. I saw that play, and I was like, there he is. That's the Chicago guy that we ID'd. That was a guy that, that they identified in free agency for that type of play. I agree with you. I saw that, and I really liked it. But, yeah, it was it – was, it, they it was um what was it called uh yeah so anyways I'm not gonna get I, I realize there's probably people who aren't Steeler fans listening to this <laughs> so I'm not gonna give the play call away but yes it was weak side inside zone and they they were working what we call a slip block that's what I called it back in the day backside yep. guard and tackle working up to that weak side backer and he had a great job great post and then went for the fill on the backer and then as the play got past him. He kept going, and then, like you said, cleaner upper on aisle five, uh, and and he and he definitely he pulled out the mop and wiped that dude. It was nice. He did very nicely done. I enjoyed it. I love the physical play that we saw starting to really kind of, you know, it, it was like it took him a little while to get going here. Training camp and everything, just kind of get going with the new offensive line coach. But boy, we saw some nice aggressive play as we have already just kind of laid out for everybody of what we observed. And I look for this to get even better because once you start rolling with your five and you start to get that confidence in the man to your left, the man to your right, then things start getting even better. 
You know what I mean? And I think this this offensive line, as long as they can are able to continuously keep working at it and keep the, a lineup together like this, whether it's Kevin Dotson or Kendrick Green, who Kendrick Green looked pretty darn good, I thought, at the left guard spot. What say you? You know, I, I agree. I, I thought that Kendrick started to settle in nicely, especially towards the second quarter. Um, early on, getting a little aggressive, right? Sure. I mean, that's what we expect, right? The nerves are there. The butterflies are, are just a churning in the belly. And you saw him kind of release those butterflies. And then you saw him settle in. And then there was – I mean, he had some great cleanup blocks. Like, when he didn't have work to do, he went and found work. Yes. You know, he, he had busy work. He and didn't get he a Belushi. Bu- no, no Belushis. Now, explain the Belushi, work. if you will, please. Bel- so, the Belushi, it happens when – an individual has an assignment. That assignment does not come to him, and he sits there in perfect technique and looks like he's doing something while doing nothing. <laughs> it's a lot of movement, but there's no touching going on. It's like it, 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 it's like an eighth-grade dance, right? You know, right. It's, it's guys are on one side, girls on the other, right? And then, you, then when you do dance, it's like there's a force field between. So you're like, creating, oh, I'm just going to mirror. I'm just going to look left and right. Oh, hand here, hand here. You're not touching anything. That's a Belushi. And you are condemned for Belushi's because there's always cleanup work to find. To find, You can always find an extra job to do, and he constantly found that extra job. There was a couple times he definitely was looking for rib, a, a, a barbecue joint because he was going after ribs, and it was nice. <laughs> and I will tell you this, it was, it was, I mean, that's what Kendrick Green kind of brings, and it's a, it's a mentality that you, it can't be taught. It's an innate sense. Guys who want to inflict pain on other individuals and he has that he has that gene he has he that gene and he and he wants to help it out and i thought that was really cool to see there was a really nice one james daniel had one when mason cole was set up on on a bull rush on the nose and he came over i mean it was it was like it was like ribs no sauce he said yes. listen i want dry rub and he went after him with a <laughs> forearm to the rib cage and it just absolutely collapsed the dude it it was nice to see them be nasty yes. in those moments because there's not a lot of opportunities in camp, right? Because this guy will eventually be your teammate. You can't tenderize a teammate like that. No. And so to have a person that you're like, I'm not going to see him after the game. And if he does, he's not going to be smiling at me and I don't care, but you go out and you made sure he made sure to make that person feel it. So they thought twice about rushing his teammate, right? You know, it's fun when you're in the yard, right? When your siblings in the yard, we can fight amongst each other. We can be mean to each other. But the second someone else steps on our lawn, oh, it's on. Oh, it's on. It's five, it's five, it's five fingers turning into a fist. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no right. finger pointing. Right. It's like, no, we're going to smash these dudes. And you saw that. And you saw guys kind of exact that type of field justice that we like to see by the offensive line. Well, you, what I love is the fact that a guy like Kendrick Green, he brings a, a good touch of violence. And it's like you said. Yeah. You know, this guy is not adverse to – um, blocking to the echo of the whistle the next valley over. You know, I mean, he's one of these yeah. aggressive guys. He finishes, and I enjoy spirit it. Spirit of the whistle. Yes, exactly, <laughs> the spirit of the whistle. All right, it's not necessarily a hard and fast rule, mind you. But it's here's what I like. I like when he is leading the way down the field, getting around the pile, getting around the ball carrier, protect your teammate, and be ready if anything pops out like a ball. You know, I mean, that's one of the things yeah. that – has got to be taught to the offensive lineman at an early age and at an early stage. And I think Kendrick Green, look, he's about as aggressive as a Wolverine with his hair on fire. 
You know what I mean? This guy really goes after it. I enjoy watching him play, and it's going to be interesting, this battle between Dotson and, and Green, because that's, that's, that's a huge, huge position battle uh, that needs to be – I would hope that we get a declaration pretty soon, you know, about one or the other. I don't think this is something you can leave, leave waiting until uh, since the opener. No, no, no. You have to continue to get this group together. And the one way that I will describe this is, Wolf, you are a dessert connoisseur. Am I, a, oh, am I right? Absolutely. You know that. Yeah. So we broke bread Jell-O. enough together that you understand yeah, yes. that, yes. Yeah. It, it, it's, the, it's the Jello no bake cheesecake rule, right? <laughs> you mix it all together and then you just sit it in the fridge and you just let it wait. You just let it wait. You have to wait like an hour, 45 minutes, maybe even two hours. I don't even know how, how long you have to – but you wait for it to firm up before right. you can actually eat it because if you cut it too soon, it's going to just blob out on you, right? right? It's you just going to melt out. Yeah, you can't blob out. So that's what offensive line is. It takes time for them to congeal and to create the unit that we know is the offensive line, and that's what we want to continue to foster, right? Continue to put them in, in the refrigerator. Continue to put them on the field together to work it out and come together as one. And that's what I feel is happening. That's why I think Dan Moore and Kendrick Green got left out there a little bit longer to make sure that they worked on their bond on the left side to work out some kinks and to get better. As a unit. And we saw that. I saw that physically on tape as I watched film. Them get better the more they got used to each other. Well, I will finish up by saying this, Bo, as we go to break here. Just remember this. You know, if you really want something that congeals wonderfully, chocolate no-bake cookies. I got a, I got family members down in Ohio. They make them. They are experts at it. Chocolate no-bake. They are absolutely sensational. I got the, that sounds uh, amazing. Yeah, oh, right. Our, my cousin Robin. Oh, love her, man. She just makes the best no-bakes. Let me tell you, it's about 10,000 calories per bite. Okay, we'll be back with more up here at training camp. <laughs> it's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Right here. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation, SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, it's a glorious day in the neighborhood, as Mr. Rogers would say, and I'm actually looking at the Rogers Center here on the campus of St. Vincent College here in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. One of the great things about this place is the beauty of this campus, man. It is really something special and Man, oh, man, just really good stuff. Okay, thanks for joining us, folks. You are in the locker room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. We are talking Saturday night, uh, you know, talking about uh, all things Steelers. But, Max, one of the things that we got to talk about, and we just have to, because George Pickens continues to deliver superlative play. We saw him go from here in the, at the Chuck Noll Stadium, which is, you know, pure grass out here, to going in stadium at Acrisure Stadium, and what a show he put on. 
Oh, absolutely. He 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 continues to amaze, and I thought that when you look at it, it was something that I kind of anticipated, but to see it live, to see it against top-level competition um, was, was still one of those refreshing sights. Like, he did not back down. They went to him early, and they went to him often, right? The first pass to the ga- of the game, Mr. Trubisky sails it out to the left on what seemed to be like a nice little out route to, um, to Pickens, and he, j- he made the most out of it. And, that's, and from that point forward, you knew, okay, keep eyes on 14. Keep eyes on 14. And like you said, it didn't pay, it didn't pay off initially, right, because Gunnar Olszewski had two really great plays to really cap off that drive for the touchdown. Right. But then Mitch comes back to him later in the game and sails it to the right, you know, sorry, not Mitch, but Mason Rudolph sails it to the right corner on an absolute teardrop on the back pylon for, for the second TD of the game. And you're like, okay, yep, this dude's for real. I mean, he just made that tremendous catch. And then he had another sideline catch in between there. He had some really nice plays in the game. And also blocking. This is another thing. He right. Has, he has some nice blocks on the edge to help the running backs he out. He did. And and that's what I was like, okay, this is a complete receiver. This dude, this dude's this dude's this dude is really a dog. I mean, I know he went to University of Georgia, uh, and they are the dogs. But he 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 literally he he has a lot of dog in him, and that was nice to see. You know, I got to tell you this: Mason Rudolph was ridiculous on that throw. What a tremendous throw that was! You could not throw that any better, nor could you catch it any better. When you're talking about putting that thing to the very back of the end zone, where only Pickett had a shot at it, and the fact is, the dude got his feet down. You got essentially. He's, he's bracketed by three things, the back of the end zone, the sideline in the end zone, and the defender right behind him. It was, it was just such a pinpoint laser beam drop of a teardrop, like you said, and it was absolutely sensational. I, you you got to call them where they were. I mean, Trubisky looked tremendous. Mason looked tremendous. And Kenny Pickett was obviously the, the crowd favorite. You know, getting the Eddie Wilson and from Eddie and the Cruisers treatment where they're chanting his name. And I thought, again, and I, we, we talked about this the first hour, the fact that Pat Narduzzi and the, and the entire Pitt football program was there in attendance, as, as I understand it, was that says so much about that program and how far it's come and what it is to come out and, and be there in support of your guy that led you to the ACC crown. No, absolutely. I mean, it was it was just – I felt all the rookies really came out and and did a great job at certain points. There was highlights, I think, for each of them that were out there. Um, you know, it was nice to see what, like you said, Kenny Pickett can do, and and also what he does to the environment when he's in the game. Right, this is a very unique thing. This has not happened really, you know, for the Steelers that often, especially at this position, and even across the league. You don't really get the local sun, literally local, because usually most colleges are in their own self-contained cities and silos. So you get guys from the area. But it's very unique to have a quarterback who played in this city, the same city as the NFL team, to play in the same stadium, to have a practice facility connected to the pro team and really be fully a kid born, you know, born out of competition created right in this area, and you got to see him grow. Pitt fans, 
got to see him grow over five years. And then now this is like that coming out almost like graduation party, right? For the, for, for a young man who did everything for Pitt that you could ask him to do, right? You come back for the fifth year after the COVID year, you compete and you win the conference championship. You you're on all the major awards list. And then you are the only first round quarterback and you go to the hometown team. That doesn't happen, Wolf. That's like that's like one of those movies we're going to see, you know, in a couple of years, right? We see like Remember the Titans and all these other types of movies, right? Miracle and everything else. Yes. This is one of those that that that's setting up to be on the lo- along the same lines. A guy who literally he could have stayed in the same college apartment if he wanted to. I, I wouldn't because I'm now a pro. But you know he had that, that. That's the option. You literally drive to the same facility that you've been going to for five years. You just walk to the left instead of the right inside of the building. That's it. That's the only difference. You still and a different day of the week that you play on. That that that's it. Think about that, Wolf. The right. only thing he has to do is just adjust the direction he walks in when he walks in the building. And the day of the week that he's going to play. That's it. It's Nothing not, else. Everything else is business as usual. It's not pretty a, crazy. It's not even a golf cart ride worthy. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. It's too close. No. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's literally a dance move. It's yep. a dance move. You know, like a little <laughs> shuffle. Two steps to the left. Two steps to the right. Like, that's it. That's it. That's well, all you, he has to do. You got to go building. four and two because if you overshoot the front door, then you come back two. There you go. That, that that's okay. Security's not gonna let him do that. <laughs> the guy that sits in that little security booth, he's not gonna let you do that because he's only gonna buzz one of them. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. All right, you think about the performance of George Pickens thus far in training camp. You think about the yeah. extraordinary show he put on uh, as far as Saturday night, and you take a look at another young man who is an extraordinary talent himself. That being Chase Claypool. Do you not think that maybe Chase gets healthier faster? looking at that saying, you know, I need to get out there and put up some of my own show here because he's fully capable of doing very similar things, if not same, uh, as George Pickens. Well, I, I think that's kind of what motivated him to cut. Because remember, the first day he was going to be available was that Friday night lights practice that got washed out. Right. And, of course, Coach Tomlin, you know, doing, do, you know, pulling back the vets. I think Chase Claypool would have loved to have been out there, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying, on Saturday oh, yeah. night. But – I think that this forces Chase to definitely be available more readily, if that if that makes sense. I think you have to be. And I think that's also probably what motivated Deontay Johnson. I know we didn't get to see Calvin Austin play in the game on yes. Saturday because of his injury. But you have to think that's also another guy who brings a similar skill set. And so, you know, for 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 all quarterback competition purposes, you want the full complement available to you, right? I don't want to go to a buffet and they tell us, okay, yes, our signature dishes are out. We just got here's salad, here's some baked potatoes, and uh, here's some flank steak, even though we normally sell prime rib and carved turkey, right? You know, uh, we got that and we got some, uh, some deli meat. We got some deli chicken breast, okay, that's already carved up. That, you, don't go, you, you don't go to that place. You're like, or I need a severe discount. But you go to a place because you expect to have everything, and I think that's the biggest thing is when you have Fryer Muth, when you have Claypool, when yes. you have Johnson available to you, now you get a real semblance of what this team can be, and I think we'll get that in Jacksonville this weekend. Um, but that's what you want to see. But for the young guys stepping up and getting more opportunities earlier, for the coaches 
to see what they can do under real-time duress, under real-time stresses. What was a great moment and a great step in the right direction. But I'm looking to next week. I want to see what that three-headed monster looks like when you line up Claypool, Johnson, and Pickens all in the same wide receiving core on the field. And then you throw in the big move in there as well. That that That's something I don't think a lot of NFL teams are ready to, to deal with. You know, I look at this wide receiver room. By the way, we got a couple of folks from Steeler fans from Germany, all the way from Germany here in the stands. The Germans! Welcome. Yes, welcome. Welcome. Yes, that's a long way. And by, by the Guten way, I, I love Wiener Schnitzel. It's absolutely it's out of sight. Yeah, it's good stuff, yes. folks. You guys done well in vetting that, I'm telling you. So, but I will tell you this. You know, Apple Max, sauce or sour cream? What are you doing? <laughs> I like them just both. Asking, yeah, just, okay, just asking. Just you get. Just you betcha. So, anyhow, <laughs> you talk about some of the other contributors. You know, Stephen Sims. I mean, you got a 38-yard yeah. uh, run on a jet uh, motion run. You got yourself 38 yards on a punt return. Significant. We've seen this guy have those. You know, he's one of those short, stop-and-go, quick guys that Mike Tomlin talks about. Uh, one of those, you know, he was really did a nice job in, in show, showing his best foot forward there, don't you think? Oh, no, he absolutely uh, burned it when he got those opportunities. And that was the changeup that, that we were expecting kind of from Stevenson. And he gave us that, right? I mean, how many times have we watched the jet sweep in practice, Will? Right. I mean, more times. And how many times did he get blown up? Right. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and there's no doubt. There's, and there's no really live punt situations because, you know, it's all fill drills um, when the guys are catching or they're just running the lane, you know, to practice wall right, wall left, and, you know, some of the different middle returns that they have. Um, but to see it live, to see that that wood that woodshed work, right? Yes. The, the, the unglorified work that it takes before you get the finished product, it was great to see that finished product out on the field. And like you said, they were game-changing, field-flipping plays that he was a part of, that he could directly say. And that, that's what I said, that all of these young guys have a highlight from this game. And I thought that was something that's uncommon, but also very refreshing to know that, okay, if things go wrong, we got, we, we got some great guys in the wings, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I've been battling hiccups here for <laughs> la the last five minutes. I know it sounds like the, the tape is popping, but... It's hiccups. Uh, hiccups. Yeah. But uh, but it's, it was so cool to see. And like I said, you're happy about that and knowing that, okay, if somebody can't go, how you do on special teams could be a different determinant for how you make this squad. And I thought Steven Sims definitely put his hand up in the air and said, hey, look at me, look at me. I got the answer, coach. Another guy that I thought, again, just to continuing what he's done here at training camp and doing it. In, in live time was Miles Boykin, you know, two first down receptions. And he made a, a tackle on the kickoff team, has done some work on the special team. This guy is big, he's strong, he's fast, can do it all. No, Miles Boykin definitely showed off his size and made it. I mean, it was a power it was a power forward move on one of those catches. And then to come back like literally after the series is over and you're going down on kickoff after scoring a touchdown, and then he's right there like a heat seeking missile. It was tremendous. And like I said, this wide receiver battle is going to be very, very tough moving forward. All right. We got to take a break because Max got hiccups, and we can't have that. So we're going to try to scare him in the in-between, see if we can scare the hiccups away. We'll be back with more. We got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas right here at Training Camp St. Vincent College. 
Black and gold football lives here. What a play! 24-7. You're listening to SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Max, we've talked an awful lot about the offense, and I'm dodging bees here. Come on, Ninja Jacob, get after man. Oh, Wes Euler sitting over there just laughing at me. I don't see Moats here either. Where's Moats? Okay, so Max and Moats are out, right? It's up to First us. First of all, hey, 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 hey. You tone that down, sir. <laughs> you tone I am not. Once again, a drive versus a plane ride are two different things and for different reasons. Now, if Motsi was going to his daughter's birthday, which he would have done every single day last week except for on, um, what was that, Friday or Thursday? Um, I got different. you. Different. Yeah. Uh, hey, I've, I have been clear, present, and in B danger just as much as you, <laughs> minus this one occasion, and it's for a good reason. I will not. I, I am not seeking comfort. I am seeking happiness of, of my child. I'm going to defend that. And Moats, once again, is seeking comfort. I just want to point that out there. He's seeking comfort. Thousand, thousand thread count, Egyptian cotton seats, king size bed. I get it. I get it. That's what you're seeking, Motsi. It's okay. <laughs> you know, we don't want to stir the pot here and the controversy too much. Of but, course not. Well, Why would of we? Of course. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little defense because one of the outstanding performers, I thought, or a guy that really you got noticed a lot was Arthur Mullett. A guy that Mike Tomlin has talked about a number of times, saying he's a real NFL dude. We saw it in blowing up a screen and some other significant plays he made out there. I thought Akello Witherspoon also acquitted himself well. But one of the plays that I really loved to highlight was a third down with Miles Jack. And let me tell you something. He came through the line like a hot knife through butter. I mean butter. And he whacked the guy, bringing the back down for literally just about no gain. I think this guy, Miles Jack, certainly is giving us something to, to kind of get excited about at the inside linebacker position. I'm just going to call him Switchblade. Okay. Switchblade Jack. I mean, All right. Because, I mean, he, he listen, what, once it turns in, it's double-edged. He's going to pop, pop, just hit you real quick. <laughs> the second the hole appears, he closes that hole, and he made a, a vicious hit on the back. I mean, it was, it was one of those things you're like, woo. It's like one of those where you kind of you kind you kind of you kind of lean to the side and kind of squint a little bit. It's like, man, that that was a heck of a hit. That's what we could expect. I, I know you don't turn it on full blast in the preseason, but he he let everybody know, hey, I still got this. This is still my bag, and this is what I could do. And he sh- he showed up and showed big early in that game, and I'm it makes us makes me feel good knowing what we have at that at that inside linebacker rotation. Because we, we talked about Mark Robinson obviously having the key play of the game to to create uh, a moment for the team to win. But it's just those are the things when you're looking at the inside linebacker position. Remember from last year, it was solid. It was okay, but it wasn't great. And that right there, what we saw from Miles Jack, was why I think this defense now makes that elevation, especially in the rushing game, because of his knowledge, because of his instincts, and because of the skill set he brings and the knowledge – it's going to definitely elevate us to being in the top third of the pack by the end of the season. All right, now we got to talk about the hit of the night, which to me, I mean, you got to go Khalil Davis. All right, one of the Davis oh. twins. His, his, you want to talk about closing the show on the final play when they were doing the old, uh, you know, the Pasaruski back and forth 
trying to get yeah. something going in Seattle uh-huh. right at the end of the game. And Khalil Davis comes over and cleans. I mean, this was this was a dose. He was handing out a dose of uh, deceleration trauma there to whoever was carrying the ball. Yeah, he's definitely from the Clubber Lang school of philosophy. Yeah. Bring a Deliver. bigger stick. Pain. That's it. <laughs> and that that if there was not a moment like the only thing that flashed in my mind in that moment was a song by Onyx called Slam, which was a great hip hop anthem and it was a hype song. It's just slam, then throw it up, then throw it up. It's like it's a hype song. That's all that played in my mind as soon as I saw that. That's like, on my, that's on my playlist. Ooh, slam. Oh, it is? Okay, oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah, right next Good. to Johnny Cash, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, they, they go they go well together. It's a great buffer, you know? Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was absolutely, when you talk about the cherry on top of a great performance by the Steelers squad, and, and for the fans that stayed in the stadium right. to watch it to the very end, thank you, Steeler Nation, for coming out in full force and giving full support. They got rewarded for that extra time. They realized they were going to be in traffic for another 45 minutes. So it was like, ah, I'll just stay in the stadium. And they witnessed a great moment. And let me tell you, that was a tremendous hit. If there was still jacked up on, on, on uh, ESPN, that would have, been, that would have made the, jack, the Monday morning jacked up uh, segment from the games over the weekend because that, that was probably the biggest hit um, in, in one of those moments where you look at it and you're just like, man, it's like, don't let it be, you know, the Music City miracle uh, all over again. He oh, went, yeah. He closed the door on that emphatically. Well, Khalil Davis, is he's a powerful dude. I mean, you get yes. down on, on the field next to him, the guy is, is, is jacked. And when he went airborne, uh, you know, that's a launch. <laughs> that was Launch that City. Is. <laughs> that is like a uh, – I don't even know what you call it. I mean, that you that was just a pure Belly flop. Hit. Yeah, I mean that's belly flop from the ten meter board, guys. Just want to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, that is that is that is that is an Olympic move that has never been attempted, and and he went, I mean, full full spread, you know, Superman style for that play, and it and it, it landed with a ten on the splash index. Let me ask you this because uh, we only got a couple minutes left, Max. Uh, one of the things that is going to continue on is. Uh, looking for the backups for the outside guys, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, who did not play. Delonte Scott, Derek Tuska, um, some of those guys out there. What would you think about him? I was hoping to see a little bit more from Delonte. He's done. He's shown some promise out here at St. Vincent College, but I didn't see what I wanted to see enough of out, out of him. Yeah, from the pass rush, I think it was still a little stiff, still wasn't as explosive as we've expected. But I will say this, in the run game, backside backside closing the gap, like the backside fill guy, right, yes. you know, who's the contain guy, I thought he had some great moves. And he made, and he made a couple of big plays at the line of scrimmage um, to stop the forward motion of, like, Travis Homer um, and, I can't, and DJ Dallas. He had some good tackles on them. I will say that. So from that perspective, we saw him grow in an area. But like you said, the biggest thing we need to see, and when you think of the outside linebacking unit, is sacks. It's sacks, it's tackles for loss, and that's something that I, hopefully he'll he'll grow, um, you know, in the next couple of games. But it was good from one aspect. But I need to see the holistic view. Well, if we had to boil it down to one star for the entire night, you got to say it's a it's a to- toss up between Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. I mean, the two of one them together. Two. That was it was just ginormous. It truly was. Yeah. 
first and second round picks. That means you hit. I mean, that, that, that's what you want to see. It's just like sitting at the blackjack table and they throw down that ace and then they follow it up with a face card. That's what you want. I want an easy blackjack, baby. Just give me two cards. I don't want to have to go draw deeper into the deck. The top two cards hit, and that's exactly what we got blackjack on those two uh, on Saturday night again against the Seattle Seahawks. And I just want to make sure that we can come back around again on the next deal and see if we can get the same thing in Jacksonville. Just remember, that's the way I do it when I hit a buffet and the roast beef. Hit me again. Just hit me again. There you go. Keep go- Yeah, <laughs> keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, all right. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you so much. You got Wes and Moats, although Moats is, you know, in, in ensconced in his own basement or something. But uh, Wes is here to brave the elements along with Ninja Jacob. We appreciate you tuning in. Stay tuned for more. And we'll be back tomorrow with more training camp stuff right here on SNR. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.